Welcome to the Bay Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. You can find out more about us on our website at thebaychurch.co.uk. The neat thing about this morning is that my sermon's already been given (laughs) through the worship and through every word that was brought this morning. You kind of heard it all. So you're not going to get anything new from me. You have heard it before. But please don't switch off. You don't get to check out. Um, This teaching, this message is not intended to bring more knowledge, more information to us. Because I think we all know in this this age of information overload, we don't need any more data. We don't need any more knowledge. Google's got it covered. Um, So it's through experience that real transformation takes place. It's through encounter with him. And that's what this is about, not head knowledge. Theology is an invitation to encounter. And so that's what we're, we're looking for today. That's why I'm here. God's love was never supposed to be a spectator sport. It wasn't there just to inform or entertain us. He's doing it to draw us to himself. That was his desire. So I'm inviting Holy Spirit to lead us this morning to touch our hearts, and to take us past the theoretical, to take us to that place of encounter. So are we willing to let go of our pride, of the things that we think we know about God's love? I challenge you, and I challenge me as well, to open our hearts and to just let him touch us and show us something new today to take us further than we've been before. Because you know what? He's, he's bigger. He's better. And he's way more loving than we can even imagine. So I'm going to kick off by reading some words from Ephesians. See it. Right. I've got the Passion Translation here, but if you are um, reading along or following along, I'm in chapter 3, starting at verse 14. Paul says, So I kneel humbly in awe before the Father of our Lord Jesus, the Messiah, the perfect Father of every father and child in heaven and on earth. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you 
and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Wow. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions. How deeply intimate and far-reaching is his love. How enduring and inclusive it is. Endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Does anyone want that this morning? Because I do. I'm ready for that. I don't know how God can pour his fullness into us without exploding us or vaporizing us. But, but you know what? Bring it on. Bring it on, God. We need more of you. We want more of you. Um, going to make space here. Right. This series is all about the Father heart of God. And Father God accomplished in one cataclysmic moment all that was required to make us his children. Our part is to receive that gift. For us to become his kids, it's that easy. We, we need to believe and receive. But I propose that there's, there's a process involved in us fully stepping into all that means. And as strange as it seems on a morning that we're talking about fatherhood, I believe the process begins in servanthood. I'm not going to dwell on it very long, but I just want to point out very quickly a few things that we gain, that we learn as a servant to the Lord, that is very valuable for our walk as sons and daughters. So when we have no choice, no say, we learn to obey. It's true in the natural, it's through obedience that pretty much every child learns to clean their room or to eat their vegetables or to take a shower or even to go to bed. It's through obedience. Being under authority teaches us that our needs get met. Someone else is in charge and they look after us. Our needs get met, that's important. The prophet's role is to reveal the heart of the Father to the world. And the prophetic flourishes under godly authority. The orphan spirit will say, um, I'm on my own. I'm alone. I've got no one. I need to take care of myself. No one else is going to look after me. I have to provide for myself. I need to be strong. But submission to authority teaches us that it's okay to ask for help. It teaches us how to ask for help. And not only that, but teaches us to expect help to come. Because every single child in a healthy family knows that they're going to be taken care of. They don't worry that they might not have breakfast or that they might not be looked after. We learn to expect our, 
our needs to be met. Servanthood takes the emphasis off us. It makes us more outward looking as we consider the needs of someone else. That's important. So, at this point though, I need to be clear. God is not looking for servants. He didn't design us to be servants. I just suggest that it's a useful part of the process. But he, he designed us for intimacy. We've been hearing about it all morning. If you, were, if you were listening to the words of the songs and the words that were brought forward, it's about relationship with him. It's about intimacy. He longs for a living room full of sons and daughters who simply know how to be in his presence. That's all he wants. We're no longer orphans. We were chosen by him to be his kids. We were adopted into the family. And we're no longer servants because we've been released into freedom to be sons and daughters. God wants us to enter a place of faith in his goodness and in his love where we know deep in our hearts that he's there He's always there. He's for us. And his intention is to provide for his kids. And if you noticed, there are things that we learn as servants. That's why it's important. We don't stay in that place, but we bring the good stuff with us. Part of the heartbeat of God is rest. We're encouraged to work from a place of rest. And I think all that means is just leaning into our dad, fellowshipping with him, fellowshipping with the saints. That's rest. Leaning on his strength, drawing from his power and his wisdom. That's rest. I don't even believe necessarily that Jesus intercedes for us with words. I believe he accomplished it all. Through his death, his resurrection, his redemption, he did everything that was required for us to draw close to him. He covered all of our needs, past, present and future needs. It's all, it was all accomplished in the blood he did all that and then he sat down. He sat down next to his father. And now he is intercession for us. Father God looks at Jesus and he sees you. And he sees you. And he sees you and he sees me. He sees every one of us when he looks at Jesus. That's how Jesus intercedes for us. He is he is in that place. Father God's desire is for us to walk with him in the cool of the evening. And I don't know if that cheers your heart or if that makes you uncomfortable. Would you prefer that he gave you something to do? 
because I can relate to that. I lived many years with that performance mentality thing, trying to prove myself and, and do things and look busy for God when all he wants is for us to be with him, to hang out, to draw close. I'm learning through experience that just being in his presence or hanging out with family is just as important and glorious to God as spiritual warfare or ministry. He doesn't, he doesn't separate them. Learning how to be good sons and daughters to our God sets us up to be good mams and dads. Because you heard Steve say it here just a few minutes ago, we're called to father and mother a generation of orphans. They desperately need parents. It's confession time. <laughs> there have been occasions in my life where I've been tempted to think that I'm maybe a better parent than God. I know it's ludicrous. It, it totally is. It's ridiculous. And I would never have articulated it like that to God. But there have been times I've said things like, how could you not intervene? God, how could you? How could you fail to act in that situation? Why could you let this happen? I've said things like, if I had your knowledge, your power, and your resources, I'd have stepped in like that. But you see the graciousness of God, I'm still here. And he, <laughs> and he didn't just send a lightning bolt. Um, but of course, I have to remember that I parent under very stringent um, time constraints and with limited knowledge and limited resources. I kind of liken it to a photo. If you just picture a photograph and it captures a moment, but you don't get to see anything beyond the frame of the picture. It gives you no context. It doesn't show what happened before. It doesn't show what happened after. It's just one isolated incident, a nanosecond captured uh, by the lens. However, <laughs> Father God has no such constraints. He holds time. He holds all of time. He knows the end from the beginning. He knows the entire story. So he intervenes, not based on our today, but based on our tomorrows, based on eternity. How do you approach your dad? In the past, I've been guilty of approaching my earthly dad um, for help, but only when 
when I've exhausted all other avenues. I've done everything I can to sort the issue myself. And even then, I've gone to my dad armed with evidence. Look, this is what I did. This is what I tried. In an attempt to, um, to prove my need to him. To justify why I'm there asking for help. Because, well, at my age, I should be able to look after myself, shouldn't I? I shouldn't need help. I should be self-sufficient. No, I really shouldn't. (laughs) Time and time again, my dad has shown his absolute delight in helping me. And sometimes he's even swooped in with a solution before I've approached him. He just anticipated the need and he was there. And other times, he's even come and blessed me when there hasn't been a need. Just because I'm his daughter and he loves me. You see, a skewed view in this area can color how we see our Heavenly Dad and how we approach him as well. Do we just approach Heavenly Dad when we've tried every other option as a last resort? And do we come in a state of desperation and with evidence that we need his help? Because my Heavenly Dad, over and over and over again has proved himself faithful and so loving and so gracious. And he's always met me in that need. I can so clearly see his hand of protection over me, even when I was in the middle of making some very poor choices. He's provided for me and my family more times than I can even tell you. And sometimes that, that provision has come in kind of a supernatural way. Other times it's been through loving family and friends. But you know what? It's generally through the family and friends that God chooses to release the supernatural through people. So don't isolate yourselves. I remember when... Um, I remember some tough times when God appeared to withdraw help or delay help. And that wasn't fun, but I can look back on those very events now and see, wow, how overwhelming his provision and his timeliness was just amazing he does know best his love has lifted me in dark times and carried me to victory and sometimes victory is getting up and deciding to to not give up to just carry on isn't it sometimes it's as simple as that even when we're emotionally and physically and spiritually spent he's there and he'll lend us strength and he'll get us to the other side his love brings hope 
Hope's one of my favorite words, and I'm not going to go off on a rant because I could be here for hours just talking on hope. Um, but, you know, I, I was going to say life is hard without hope. Life's almost impossible without hope. I think it's as essential as the air that we breathe. And that's what his love gives, is hope and purpose. And he enables us to keep going. And you know what? It's never just, never just in survival mode. His love strengthens us and enables us to keep going, but with a heart that's soft and open to love and full of grace. Because that's what he is. And that's what he does. Um, it's not just random that we're studying this, this series about the Father Heart at the moment. The leaders at the Bay, they prayerfully consider what's preached on here based on what they believe is God's heart for us in the moment. And when they introduced this subject a while back, I was super excited. And I started to think about the importance of the role of dads. And I, I began to write a list just of what dads do in general. What do dads do? And I ended up with um, a, a page filled with 40 bullet points on what dads do, the function of dads, the role of a dad. And it was amazing because apart that there are so many things apart from providing and protecting and championing, instilling identity and purpose. I'm not going to go through the whole list, don't worry. But what was amazing was it just showed me how every single thing that the Lord does is motivated by love. Everything, absolutely everything, comes from his heart of love for us, even if it's disciplining us from a heart of love. The whole point of us delving into this subject right now is to encourage and to facilitate us to discover the life-changing all-consuming, unconditional love of the Father. I actually don't believe that there's anything more important in our Christian walk than getting this, than, than experiencing the Father heart of God. We want to encounter this love that brings security and it brings rest to our souls. It brings purpose. <laughs> it brings value and it brings vision. Our Father loves unconditionally, without limits. His love transcends time, distance, 
and certainly understanding. There is literally nowhere we can go to escape from his love. He relentlessly pursues us. We even sang about it in the first song. He chases us down. And he won't, he won't get tired. He'll never stop until he catches us. On earth as it is in heaven. Very familiar words of Jesus. And these words are pivotal to how we live our lives. As he is, so are we. Where is he? He's seated in heavenly places. Hmm, okay. So we're in a place of a place of rest, a place of security, a place of provision and euphoria and fellowship with the Father one to one. That's where we are. And so we're to live from that realm of glory towards earth. Okay? We need Holy Spirit for this. And Holy Spirit's roles are many, including guiding us, teaching us, um, disciplining us. And It says in John's Gospel that Holy Spirit, God knew, obviously, the value and the need for Holy Spirit, but it says in the Gospel he wasn't released. Holy Spirit wasn't released until Jesus had been glorified. Even though when we read our Bibles, we can clearly see that the disciples, they could have done with Holy Spirit, they weren't perfect. They made mistakes. They needed comforting. They needed guidance. They needed the wisdom. But the Lord withheld Holy Spirit until Jesus was glorified. I believe that that was to ensure that we're not conformed to the image of the pre-crucified Christ I mean, to be honest, that would have been a pretty good deal anyway. But waiting until Jesus is glorified ensures that we're conformed to the image of the resurrected, ascended, and fully glorified Jesus. As he is so are we. Not as he was, as he is now. That's how we are. So we're positioned perfectly to receive this love. The love that transforms us. And to release it to others. We're each of us an expression of God's character. Every one of us. 
So if God is love, how do we love radically? By definition, unconditional love doesn't depend on the goodness or the performance of the person on the receiving end of it. Rather, it's a reflection of the nature of the one giving it. Relationships can be challenging, right? But it's not a matter of what I want to give to someone who's hurt me that motivates my actions. It's a matter of what I want to receive from future relationships. That determines how I behave and how I act in those moments. This gives new perspective to dealing with pain and offense, doesn't it? Broken trust with people can hinder our intimacy with God and with others. Disappointment caused by people can cause us to project those feelings onto the Lord. So until we deal with all of the issues that are inside us, just bring those things into the light, we can't step fully into that place where God wants us to be. We can't experience the fullness of God in our lives. Of course, we can still experience God, but he wants so much more for us. And intimacy cannot thrive without trust The, um, the list of the 40 functions thing that I mentioned, it's very much the ideal. I'm aware that it's not reality for most people. My experience hasn't always lined up with this picture of a good dad. And my girls are now living with a reality that also falls way short. You may be sitting here thinking, my dad never put family first. Instead of comforting, my dad was the source of the fear. My dad um, never told me he loved me. If this is true, and, and if your dad didn't express how beautiful you are or how proud he was of you, I'm really sorry. That hurts. I know it hurts. Because it's not right. It's not okay. It's not what God ordained. So I want to say that even if our experience of a natural dad was pants, we don't get to opt out at this point. We don't get to use that as an excuse. We deal with that and we get some help to 
to move beyond it. So rather than choosing offense, we need to realize that we all have an exemplary role model. The Bible is the story of the very best dad. And he's your dad. It's a manual for being a good dad. And it's a means for us to encounter a father who adores us. We're not bound by our past inferior experiences. I'm just going to declare that again over us. We are not bound by our past inferior experiences. They don't alter our identity in Christ. And they will not determine our destiny. We can still ensure that any negative stuff that went on in the family line is not perpetuated in our kids' lives. Despite my experience, I get to choose truth. I get to pronounce and proclaim that God is always good and he's always loving. In the Garden of Eden, Eve's beliefs were challenged by the serpent. Did God really have your best interests at heart? And in the New Testament, immediately after Father God publicly proclaimed Jesus as his beloved son, the enemy had another go. He urged Jesus to question God's words. If you're the son of God, will God really provide for you? Will God really protect you? And in the same way, the enemy's remit is trying to get us to question. To doubt. He's trying to take away trust. Because remember, without trust, there can be no intimacy. And that's the very thing that Father God created us for, intimacy. But we have the power to choose to hold to the truth and to walk in it. We have that power. We have Holy Spirit who can strengthen us and enable us to do that. Just a final thought or two before finishing. The Father's love and affirmation are absolutely necessary for sustained spiritual and emotional health. Absolutely vital. His love drives out fear. And his affirmation emboldens us to take risks. We can step out. We can fearlessly put our faith into action. We can live the abundant life. 
and we can walk in the destiny that we were created for because of his outrageous, unending and unquestionable love. It's the Father's love that makes us brave. Revival is something that's very close to our hearts here at the Bay. It's talked about a lot. We pursue revival. Um, Experiencing the Father's love and making that known to others, that's the essence of revival. Experiencing his love and making that known to others is the essence of revival. Not the big crusades that happen. We're not dissing those but they'll only come from experiencing his love and making that known to others. That's what's going to draw people in. That's the heart of revival. If we've any other heart to revival, if we think we have, we've got it wrong. If we're not showing people the love and drawing them into that, then it's not going to last. It's our greatest mission in life is to experience that love and make it known to others. So, are we going to continue striving for fulfillment and acceptance? The daily grind. Or are we just going to surrender to the most loving relationship ever that's freely on offer to us <laughs>